0: Hello, everyone out there in podcast world. hope you're having a wonderful day. You're listening to or watching Service Business Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Ters Blissit. Today's episode, we have Josh Kim on the show, and uh, we're going to talk about SBA loans and what it uh, really... A lot, of, a lot of different things. But right now, the government is really paying us, <clears throat> paying us to, to come get uh, more money. So, as a small business owner, I think uh, it's it's very wise to pay close attention to this episode. And not only that, it's this time sensitive <clears throat> too. So, let's just make sure that we're paying uh, extra close attention to this. So, with that yep. being said, welcome to the show, Josh.
1: Thanks, Tersh. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
0: man so uh tell us a little bit about yourself your background and 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 who you are what you got to offer
2: for us
1: yeah so i have absolutely no home service uh direct experience myself i've never owned a business in the home service space or whatnot but uh, my background is pretty interesting and i offer a very unique perspective on um you know sba financing i actually used sba loans to go buy three different businesses before i turned 21 Uh, i bought three businesses in in the home health and hospice world. And, uh, you know, through running this business, I've definitely learned a lot, but I learned one of the key things I learned is I like, uh, just doing the financing. I like doing the financing and doing the deals more than I do necessarily running a business day to day. So Mm I, I, um, I gladly accepted transitioning out of that space to go focus on more interesting opportunities. And one of the businesses I have now, um, is a, is a consultancy business, we, we work with existing business owners and prospective business owners that also want to do acquisitions, um, you know, basically just helping position them for being able to capitalize on the most amount of money they can get. You know, a lot of business owners, they don't realize that going to do, you know, one bank versus another bank, uh, how you position your finances and some of these, all these, you know, small details can really have a big impact in the total approval amount you're going to get and or whether you get approved at all. I mean, I, I've worked mm. with of business owners in you know, lots of spaces are like, well, I tried going to this bank and that bank, they didn't get me any financing. So I just kind of gave up on it. And so, you know, that's kind of one of the big myths we help dispel for people is not all banks are created equal. And so that's a little bit of me. I, you know, I come from the um, you know, I've, 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 I've ate my own cooking. If you would uh, I, I've been there, I've done it. And uh, the, the SBA world can, can seem very daunting. I mean, if you're, if you're a business owner who doesn't know much about the nuances of it, you look up about it and they're like, well, you know, the SBA's SOP is 590 pages long. That's a lot of freaking rules. Like I don't have time to learn. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's a little bit about me. I, I use SBA loans myself and, you know, I have a business now where Basically, it's what we do full time. We help other business owners access it. And the reason I like SBA is objectively speaking, it's, it's really the best financing you can get out there. Uh, right. you, you go to these merchant cash advance groups, these short term line of credits, and they just have you bent over a barrel. <laughs> I mean, they really do. The, the rates and the fees are exorbitant, and um, they're they're really not positioned. The, the loan products themselves are not positioned and set up to help the business owner. They're there to help the guy lending the money.
2: Mm-hmm. And so what's
1: nice about SBA loans is that you know there's there's actually statutory caps on the interest rates, and the government put this program together to incentivize banks to lend money to small businesses, right? In small Small is kind of a relative term. If you've got less than 100 employees, you need you know you need up to 10 million bucks. You're generally going to qualify by one or multiple of the SBA standards of small business. I've had some people like, well, I've got you know 50 trucks and I'm going to do 10 million this year. Do I still qualify? It's like, well, you only need two million dollars. So yeah, you you know you qualify. But oh, yeah. um, that that's a little bit about me and, and what we do. Uh, I recently went on a podcast. It's kind of how we got connected. I had Tommy those yeah. Home Service
2: mm-hmm. uh, Home
1: Service Expert Podcast. Got a huge amount of reception there from a podcast and a, a you know podcast experience in a Facebook group. So we've we've definitely been looking for um you know more networking and more connecting with folks such as you guys in, in the home service space because you know uh home service benefited from COVID in many ways. Most businesses we've been talking to, are like, yeah, we took off, you know, business was up, everyone's at home, they need the refrigerator fixed, they need this fixed, they need that fixed. So it's it's a it's a good space that uh, we're we're having a lot of fun helping people because. You know, home service entrepreneurs we've found compared to some other industries, they they move quickly. You know, they're mm-hmm. not sitting there twiddling their thumbs. They want some, they move on it. So quick executors, and you know, the businesses are all very fundamentally solid. You know, these are these are recession proof businesses that banks like because they know no matter no matter what happens, COVID two COVID three uh, people still need their AC to work, they still need their electricity to work. So So you tell know, me this. home so, service isn't going anywhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely not. Tell me this. Um, <laughs> for those who are listening or watching this and they don't know the difference, what is, what is the difference in the SBA, um, the 7A and the 504 uh, loan programs?
1: Yeah, so the, the 504 loan is one that is set up purely for real estate and like TI. Related stuff. So tenant improvements. So, like, if you already own a building, you want to get some improvement capital for it. Five hundred four is, is great for it. It's good for buying buildings too. Mm-hmm. Um, the rates on five hundred four for a real estate purchase are a little bit lower than a seven A loan. Seven eight. You can use it for anything. You can use it for a building purchase. You can use it to buy another company, buy out a partner, uh, refinance debt, uh, just get general growth capital for hiring new employees, buying new trucks, uh, mm-hmm. putting into marketing, you know, really whatever you need. <coughs> so. Those are the two differences. A lot of people, they also kind of, you know, they also have been asking. Uh, you know, most people, they haven't done anything tied to the SBA until COVID happened, because you know everyone could get PPP, everyone could get EIDL, um, and so the, you know, usually the, the big question we're answering for people is, you know, what, um, you know, what's what's the best loan program for me? You know, ninety five percent of the time, unless they're just there to go buy a building, mm-hmm. uh, five hundred four is the, you know, seven A's, seven A's is the way to go. I mean, if you're looking at just buying a building, you don't need any other capital. I, I recommend uh, you know going five hundred four, but <clears throat> five hundred four comes with a little bit more work to it because you have to get a bank involved, you have to get an SBA nonprofit entity called a CDC involved, you have to get them to do it. It's a longer time frame to close, but you know if you've got the time, go five hundred four. Ninety-five mm-hmm. percent of the time, we just tell people go seven A. Um, you know the, the rate difference mm-hmm. for a piece of real estate is going to be minimally different.
0: Really. Uh so how about uh the EIDL? I mean, if you can get that still, is that is it better to get that versus the seven A?
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> EIDL is it does come with some strings. So you can't like buy a building with it. You can't buy out a partner. You can't buy another company with it. Um they do technically have restrictions. I don't have in front of me. I don't think you're supposed to be buying like new trucks and expanding. Oh, okay. Usually e- EIDL is like, you know, the whole point of it is well. You know, you went through a period of economic injury, use that money to cover accrued expenses or stuff that was attributed to that. You know, there's really no way that they're ever going to be able to like prove or track that, but it just technically speaking, there's more strings with it around use of funds and stuff. You never want, want to follow that. Uh, but we've worked with, we're working with plenty of business owners right now where we're helping them maximize both, right? We're, we're going in and saying, okay, uh, because the IRS is so backed up, that's the bottleneck right now for these EIDL applications, whether you got uh, an initial one and you're going for an increase or you never got one and you're going for your initial one. Uh, the backlog is the IRS verifying tax return transcripts because that's part of the SBA's EIDL process to give people loans. So uh, oh. what we doing with a lot of business owners right now is we're, we're helping them get their 7A money. And at the same time, they're, they've got the... They've, you know, they've got the uh, they've got the pan on the stove for the EIDL money that is going to come post seven A. So, you know, they're getting five hundred K, a million dollars of, of capital through seven A, and then they're going to be getting up to another half million dollars in the back end from EIDL. Um, I, I tell people just if you can get the EIDL, take because at the end of the day, thirty year term money, three point seven five percent, that's a mortgage on yeah. secured money. And if you're taking less than 200 grand, you don't even have to personally guarantee it. So, you know, worst case scenario, you know, business falls to shit. I mean, you're technically not li- your your is liable for that, but you're not personally, you can just close up the corporation and, you know, no liability from it. So, right. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the ideal. If, if you haven't taken any yet as a business owner, your listeners, I would encourage you to go out there, apply. Um, the application portal is good through the end of the year.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so Rob Hernandez, he's live on Facebook and asked the question. Yep. Uh, the Is there a VA-backed SBA loan? And is the qualifying a little easier to get?
1: Yeah. So we'll, I know we're going to touch on it a little bit later. There's, yeah. there's incentives available right now. Um, the, the, the benefit you get of being a VA is that they waive the guarantee fee. Uh, if you go through the VET program, uh, they, they'll waive the guarantee fee and they'll waive some of the other fees with it. Uh, which are, you know, those, those can add up to 3.75% of the value of your loan, which you know, it's a lot, but, um, with the current incentives from the CARES Act 2.0, which is really just programs they extended from CARES Act 1.0 for the a and 504 loans, you're going to get that anyway. So Everyone's getting those benefits right now. Um, the value that you're going to have being a vet going for a loan is if you go after these incentives drop off, uh, in October.
2: Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Cool.
0: So, um, I will let you, I'll let you dive in a little deeper. Josh, did you have anything? I know you.
3: I well, I actually had, uh, Tersh, you must be reading some people's minds. I had uh, one of my my clients ask me a question that you literally just asked right after that. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to ask, so what's the, so like the 7A and something, like, what, so business owners, is there certain like basic requirements they have to meet to even consider this yeah. as far as their business goes?
1: Yeah, so you know, a lot of people think that the qualifying criteria for SBA loans—it's like a very narrow road, and only certain businesses and industry Like, it's—it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, they've made it so easy. I, I would argue everyone listening to the audience today is going to be eligible. If you operate as a for-profit business here in the United States and are incorporated as a for-profit entity, you're you're eligible. The SBA does have a couple of restrictions, like, you know, if you run a um, you know, if you run like a hard money lending business, they're not going to lend you money, right? Because they they don't want you to be re-lending government money on risky stuff, right? So there's certain industries where they don't do that. I mean, you can't use an SBA loan to go buy a brothel. You can't use an SBA loan for, you know, opening up a dispensary because, you know, at the end of the day, weed is still federally, federally illegal and SBA is a federal program. Um, but, you know. Yeah
0: knocks me out of the ballpark I yeah bummer, 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 bummer. but side business
1: <laughs> well it's it's funny there are lenders who are finding ways to uh get involved in that space without t- directly touching you know the the forbidden stuff you know yeah. so you, you can finance a building for um you know a place that does cbd extraction packaging branding and shipping like you know you that's eligible you, know, you just can't use it for a, a grow you know a cultivation plant, whether it's indoors or outdoors, and you can't use it for if it's actually sell if you know if a primary source of revenue from the business is selling products that are still considerably you know not federally legal. So, um, but yeah, everyone in the audience here, they're here for they're here for home service. They're not here for uh, you know opening up. The service, so I'm not too worried about that.
3: <laughs> they might yeah. be. They I, might I, be. Who knows? Uh, but side business. After, after yes. all the shortage <laughs>
0: and products and everything right now. <laughs> after all the
3: <laughs> headache.
1: Side business. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, if you've got, um, you know, the the real qualifying criteria is that you've got to have at least like a 600 credit score, um, which, you know, it's not, you know, most of the, it's interesting. Most of the guys in the home service from at least the ones that we've dealt with, um, the average credit score that we've run into is, is higher than some other industries just because, as a home service business owner, you've got to have good credit to go get trucks. You got to have good credit, you know. So a lot more on top of it. I mean, you'd be surprised, like you know, some dentists and doctors we've dealt with, like there's, they, it's a mess. But it's like they're so busy and they're making so much money, it's just like, like you know, they forgot about that two fifty a month payment for one thing for three months, and boom, that drops their credit score one hundred and fifty points, like one small thing. But home service guys, you know, everyone in the audience, you guys are on top of it because you know you got to maintain that for for stuff. So, uh, you know, that's the credit score requirement. And then really what it comes down to, you know, a lot of people, they, you know, they, they think it's some, some black box algorithm of, you know, do I get money or not? All the bank is looking at really is does your business generate enough uh, cash flow to cover the debt service? That's all it comes down to. You know, if your annual debt service is a hundred grand, they want to see that your business is making after you pay yourself a living salary to cover all your personal expenses. They want to see at least 1.5, which means if your business nets one fifty a year after you pay yourself a salary to cover your rent your utilities all your personal living expenses send your kids to school and all that and your debt your proposed debt service is 100 grand a year and you make 150 it's a good loan that's really all it comes down to do you have good credit do you have operating experience with the business and uh you know is is this a you know something that will float right you can can the business support it and then they're also just checking for reasonableness right i mean if you run a home service business you're like well i want to go get 350 grand so i can go buy a boat they're going to tell you sorry <laughs> you know, you're not a boat. Rebel, boat. Then, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen people put boats in their business balance sheets to depreciate it. It's generally kind of sloppy because it makes the business like, That's you know, if you want to sell the business down the road, you got to explain that. And then you just, it gets messy. Just Don't, <laughs> don't fuck with the IRS.
0: So here's the thing. Like it sounds to me, I mean, obviously your, your books have to be in order too. And that can be a challenge, especially if you're a smaller company. Um, as far as like just getting started and not really understanding, mm-hmm understanding your books Uh, what's the time frame on uh, needing to be in business for this to to happen
1: so there's there's technically no minimum uh we we had a we had a guy we 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 had plenty of folks from from tommy's podcast you know they 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 started a business a year ago one guy started his business in the middle of covid and he's you know he's he's going to do a huge amount of it he put two million bucks on the on the scoreboard last year and he started in july so i mean he was was on you know he's going to do over that this year, you know, 4 million annualized revenue. Uh, so it, it's less about, you know, how many years of business and, you know, just how long, how strong is the story, right? You know, in, in his case, the home service realm that he's in, he's, he's relying on, you know, a lot of, it's like 50, 50 commercial residential, but, you know, a lot of their commercial revenue is like long-term contracts, governments, municipalities, commercial mm-hmm. entities that are giving them three, five, 10 year contracts to go do stuff. Um, that's obviously a lot easier because that revenue is locked in, right? So mm-hmm. the, the lenders are going to be looking at, how solid is the business plan? There's no minimum, but I will say once you cross that two years of business, i you know, two that's years easier. in business, it makes it a lot easier.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. That's, that's the question that, I mean, just not knowing and, and never having, um, if you've never reached out to anybody like a score mentor or anything, anything like that, a lot, of, I feel like a lot of people, uh, business owners, they're just like, well, I don't know what, it, I mean, it sounds, it seems like a very daunting task. Like, what would you say the time frame is? Because right now is we're pretty slammed with just it's the busy time of year and it's hot yeah. and everything else. If you do air conditioning, plumbing, electrical, like most everybody's pretty slammed right now. But you yeah. said that this time it runs out like what is uh two and a two and a half months from now. Yeah, so it's like these incentives. So, so the, from the time you apply for it or get awarded it, and what's the time frame of actually taking to get to award and, and get cash in the bank. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, so what I'll say is, I mean, a lot of the incentives, a lot of the, a lot of the bonuses, as long as you get approved before October 1st, you're good. You know, so you, even if you don't close until later and what I'd tell you is, I mean, if you came to me today and you had, you know, you had the two SBA forms filled out, you had all the fi- financials on the business and the personal side, you had your business plan and your projections, which I mean, those are pretty much all the documents you need to get, you know, get a loan approved. Um, I mean, Part of it, too, depends on dollar amounts. So the SBA has an expedited loan process for loans 350 and below. So if you need 350,000 or less, those can get done A to Z in 30 days. Hmm. And right. and we've, we've we've had clients, you know, A to Z, 30 days. What I tell people is, you know, they always want to know how long does it take. And I, I budget more closely to 60 days as an average because the holdup is almost never with the bank. That, that's that's the part they won't tell you. I'll tell you because I'm not the banker. I I have I have yeah. the I have the, the in between consulting business, so I tell you all the stuff that they they won't tell you because um, they don't want to offend you. But 99 percent of the time, the holdups are on the borrower not mm-hmm. getting stuff in on time. Because once you get the package to the bank, they get that they get through, they get it through underwriting. And they approve it in like 10 days. You will have your approval letter, your final legally binding commitment to lend letter in 10 days. But mm-hmm. with that letter is going to come a checklist. Here's the closing checklist. We need this right. And that's usually where stuff takes a lot of time is because people are busy. They're juggling a lot of stuff. Uh, we have a deal right now that the closing is delayed because the partner that they're buying out flew to South America. Oh, and, and can't become, well, actually, no, wait, that's Tommy. Sorry, that's Tommy. Tommy's getting yeah. bought out of a business. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, he's, he's in South America right now. So the bank's like, hey, what's going on? And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on vacation vacation. Oh, right <laughs> you know, so. Um, uh, we'll, we'll throw them under the bus. I'm seeing on Tuesday, he can punch me for it if, if he wants, but uh, you know, more, more often than not, the delay is not with the bank. It's usually with either the buyer, or the seller, <clears throat> you know, if there is a seller involved, you're buying a piece of real estate, you're buying at a partner, buying another business, or just some other ancillary party of the deal, right? You need a landlord subordination waiver. You can't reach your landlord or their corporate lawyer is gone. You know, just inevitably there's some sort of delay that comes up. <clears throat> so, you know, that's kind of what I help with. I tell business owners ahead of time before they get that closing checklist here are all the things that are probably going to be on that checklist let's start moving the ball now so that you know all the balls can reach the finish line at the same time instead of one starting way later that you know is going to take this much time to get done right um i I tell people on average 30 to 60 days from start to finish is, is is a reasonable time frame if if you're on the ball 60 to 90 if you are
0: trying to juggle a lot of things and it's not a top priority um, so, uh, with that being said, what uh, what if you don't need the money, but you want to get in on this?
2: Well, like
0: well, yeah. mean, you know, yeah, what I, mean? yeah. I, I don't want to pass up the fact that I could have this mm-hmm. information, like all of this, and and knowing that I can be going into a slow season here soon, uh, like I want to make sure that I'm prepared. And mm-hmm. uh, but you've never. Like, especially that one company that was only that's only been in business a year, like you may not understand or know what dips you're going to face in the slow season here.
1: Yeah. So I, I think one thing like let I don't know if we've explicitly gone into it. I know I talked with the you separately on it, but you know, just so for the audience are seeing so the three main incentives that are out there right now, if you get your loan approved before October first, one um, they're going to pay the first three months of the loan for you. Uh, ups, they'll subsidize basically up to nine grand uh, a month of your loan payment for three months, right? So if you've go borrow a million dollars, your payments technically a little bit over uh, 10 grand a month or whatever. So they cover nine and you're, you're out of pocket. The one or $2,000 is that that's there's the Delta, right? So they pay the first three months of the loan for you. The second big benefit is they're waiving the guarantee fee. And I think we touched on this before because uh, you were asking about the, I think Josh was asking about the vet thing. The guarantee fee is basically how the SBA doesn't lose a lot of money every year, right? They guarantee the majority of these loans and they charge an insurance premium on it called a guarantee fee. That fee gets remitted directly to the SBA. They pool it and they pay out the loans that go bad, right? That's how the SBA doesn't lose gobs and gobs of money every year. Fun fact, they actually operate at a surplus most years. The, the government division that's profitable, right? The one that deals with businesses. <laughs> right. um, well, it's them in the U.S. Uh, Trademark and Patent Office. They, they print a lot of money over there, too. Yeah. Anyway, but... Um, so that guarantee fee waiver is worth like three and a half percent. So just to give you math, if you go out and borrow a million dollars right now, the benefits between just those two things are worth $62,000, three months of free payments, which is $27,000 and a three and a half percent guarantee fee waiver, which is $35,000. So if you borrow a million dollars right now, you're basically getting six six 6.2% of that in subsidies. Wow.
2: So the other That's benefit...
1: Yeah. Yeah. The other benefit is one that's not as visible to the borrower. It's more a bank benefit instead of a normal 75% guarantee, the temporary, they temporarily have increased that guarantee percentage to 90%. And so, um, you know, to to anyone who's not a a finance, you know, finance doesn't interest you that much outside of just uh, getting money in the door for your business. Um, What that means is, you know, typically the bank is risking 25% of the loan. If they loan you a million dollars, they have a 250 grand of risk, right? it's actually less than that but i uh, right. it's more complicated than it needs to be getting into that. <laughs> uh but now it's basically they're they're only raising 10% and so the way it works on the back end uh with with banks they actually are basically they basically just pull the government guaranteed portion they sell it to investors and they get a premium on it so basically the way it works at a 90% guarantee they can't lose money so yeah. you know they're more inclined to do deals that they'd otherwise be on the fence about with that incentive so um you know and, and the other thing too you know Tommy and i are much the same, you know, much of the same mindset with it, pull out as much money as you can when you don't need it. Yeah, so that when you need it, it's there. Because we, we've got some guys that they, they just grew too fast, like some guys that reached out to us after uh, either from his Facebook or his podcast, they reached out because they're like, Hey, I need help with this now. Because uh, I went from 3 million to 5 million last year, and uh, I'm on track to do 12 this year. And I, I don't have enough money to, yeah. to keep sustaining the growth. We're growing too fast, right. And and they're like, yeah, we should have probably started this process 60 days ago, but um, we didn't. That's
0: a struggle that, I mean, that's a struggle that I've dealt with, that pain point. And, and some people call it a growing pain or something to that effect where it's like, OK, like now I have the calls coming in and mm-hmm. I have the team members, but I don't have the vans coming in, you know, and I can't pay or maybe I have some vans, but now I have to come out of pocket to pay for van wraps or I have to put inventory in these vans and you know yeah. 15 grand per vehicle to do all this inventory stuff. And like you have to have that guy making money out in the field, you know, sometimes. And, and, Josh, um, uh, Scoville, 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 Scoville? Scoville. Uh, Scoville, he mentioned a great question the other day and that was how much money should you have before you bring on another technician? And that's a perfect example of, of this. Like, should you save money before you bring on another technician, or have the cash so that when you bring on that person, like have have a loan, excess money yeah. here, and bring on another technician, and then you know fund that that van until that person is making use of money? So yeah, absolutely. That that cash flow, um, it's a huge pain point, especially if you do any kind of commercial work or anybody that is on like a, a lot longer terms. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah it's ninety day yeah, terms. It's exactly. yeah, you got to float it. Yeah, you got to float it. And, and, th- and that's the thing. It's like, that's, that's the, that's where SBA loans are perfect for, because, you know, I, I, unfortunately a lot of people, they, and I, I, I don't fault them for it. It's like, you know, if you, if, if you don't, if you aren't aware of all the options, you just go to whatever's out there and yeah. they get locked into these snowball effects of these high interest loans where it's like, Hey, we're doing all this work, making this money on this project, but we're paying two thirds of what our profits would have been to the freaking interest and fees on this MCA loan. <laughs> And uh, you know, a lot of people get caught up in that 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 death that that death cycle because you know, after a certain point, the amount of like it just it, you know, it's not good. So that's where SBA comes in; is very convenient. I'm sure one of the questions the audience will ask in you know, "What are typical rates and terms?" You know, imagine you could lump all your debt in your business into a ten year term at like five and a half to six percent. What would that do? Like whether it's you know refinancing a bunch of trucks,
2: refinancing
1: yeah. a bunch of um, you know just working capital loans getting an extra half a million dollars of cash just to go buy more vans and hire people. Like what rate did you say it was five and a half to 6% is okay. looking at for for regular 7 a loan. If you're doing it for a building, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously lower than that, but yeah, yeah. typical, typical 7 a loan is five and a half to 6% right now. And, and what's, the t- t-
3: what's the normal term? 10 years,
1: 10 year terms. Okay. Yep. So you're going to get a far longer term than you would if you go to PayPal and get one of these, you know, credit builders or you go to, you know, these, these loan depot online places where they're, you know, they'll give you a, you know, sometimes they'll give you a reasonable rate, maybe like 10%, but it's like a two year
2: term. And, you know, Still, what are you going to do? Yeah, do with that?
0: 10%. I mean, that's, I mean, when that's you're pre- taking your prices, you know, that's a, that's, I mean, that could be net profit on uh, some, some of your jobs. I mean, depending on how people press and things, but yeah. to, they definitely, so I get an email I amount mean, like three times a day. Mm-hmm. If you're applying for EDIL or whatever, um, you know, it's going to take however many months t- for that to come in. It might take six months for you to get your loan approved. Here's a bridge loan for that term period. Uh, and it like the rates, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine what that that is.
1: Um, yeah, tw- 25% floor. Yeah,
0: yeah, something like that. It's something Because
1: really like the lenders have to, also have to factor, well, what if for whatever reason the funding runs out for EIDL or they don't get the loan or they, you know, there, there's so many delays that we've seen for people with idea, Like they miss the email, like they get an email, you have seven days to get us all these documents and they can't get it in time. They're like, all right, well now you go back to the queue and you got to reapply and reopen it. And it's just like, it, it's so convoluted. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, just back when we were saying, just pull out all the money you can when you don't need it. So mm-hmm. you're sitting on it. And and a lot of people, they might say, Oh, well, I don't want to pay interest on in money if I'm not using it. It's like, all right, well, let's look at what inflation's doing. 6% relative to inflation. I mean, what was the inflation rate last year? Like, you know, the government wants to say it was like two percent, two and a half percent. It was probably more like double that. Like, let's be mm-hmm. honest. Right. You look at how much money they printed last year. It was like, you know, here is the total dollar spike, and then it goes like this, right? <laughs> you know, so I'm not an economist. I'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll caveat
3: that, but I understand how money works and that right. that doesn't work, right?
0: Josh, so, Josh, did you have another question?
3: I did. So actually, Josh Scoville was texting me. So he's he's got a lot of really good questions today. <laughs> um, this goes back to the EIDL. Okay. Uh, he was, he was asking about the expected time frame for distribution from the point of application submission to distribution. Is it similar to like the 7A? I, I can't you tell know? you. So
1: okay. the, the, the key difference between 7A and EIDL is the EIDL is being administrated by the SBA. Okay. They, they literally went from like a, a 500 man government agency to the really like the most impactful thing in the entire economy. I mean, Without them being able to administrate PPP and IDL, like the economy would be um, in a lot rougher shape yeah, today, right. right? I mean, they, they had to move fast. So the problem is that they have never had to in-house deal with this much volume. And there's a reason that they basically farmed out the PPP stuff to the banks. And it's because the banks have existing infrastructure staff and people in place to administrate and like disperse. Um Everything going through EIDL right now, it's it's sand through an hourglass, right? And and right now that crimp is the SBA because they had to hire a bunch of outside contractors. I can't tell you how long that takes. Uh, I've heard from people once they sign the loan documents that are approved and all the documents been reviewed between signing and getting the funds dropped in your bank account, it's two weeks, right? Up to two weeks. Uh, that's not usually where the delay is. The delay is like, hey, I've applied and I haven't heard back from anyone. Where Where's my application? Yeah. Right? Uh, and unfortunately, like, everyone wants to complain and you know complain and say the SP is terrible. But it's like um, you run a business. Let's let's yeah. do this analogy, okay? If you got ten thousand projects dropped in you that you had to take tomorrow, uh, you would be running around with like a chicken with your head cut off because you got to figure out how to hire the people for it, you got to get the infrastructure for it, mm-hmm. with the vans, and all the inventory. It would be a nightmare, right? And then you know you've got all these customers complaining. Oh, we didn't get to me two days later. It's like, well, sorry, we couldn't. We got ten thousand projects dropped in our lap, and we didn't have you know, we weren't prepared for that. That's really what happened. So
0: yeah, we, uh, we applied for the EIDL and um, we were told that it could be four to six months. Yeah. We got word Mm -hmm. back. Well, Uh, and
1: and I I touched on it earlier. The, the a lot of the bottleneck with it is actually not with the SBA it's with the IRS because part of the process is the SBA has to get a tax return transcript through a 4506, what they call a 4506 T or which is now the 4506 C they updated it. And so basically you have to put your EIN down this, that, and then mm-hmm. the S you submit that to the SBA and the SBA turns around to the IRS to get that done. So the, the SBA is kind of like sitting in line, like, Hey, uh, when are we going to get this back? And they can't help you until that comes back because that's part of the process. So it's, you know, what
0: it- happens whenever you, okay. So if you have, um, you, you have K2, so you defer, um, your, uh, taxes at, to September, whatever, yeah. uh, and you had started out just recently, maybe a year, maybe two years old. So like, and, and you grew like the example you gave earlier and it was like a, the last, the most recent taxes you physically have a copy of, you didn't really have that much money on your taxes. You know what I mean? And then now it's like, now I, I'm doing 4 million this year. And they're like, yeah, bullshit. Uh, because.
1: Yeah, it's. It's tricky because so like the way that they have it, it's kind of a dumb formula in my opinion, because the, the SBA they add for the EIDL, they ask you, what is your revenue? What's your cost of goods sold? Yeah. <laughs> the tax return transcript verification is more so to verify that the business exists. They're not as much looking at like if the numbers match up, but you know, as long as it's just, like within reason, like, you know, you didn't grow like 10 times in, in in one year, you went from a million to 10 million the next year. Like that, that might, they might say, okay, but um, the, the tax return, tra- tra- tax return transcript is more just to verify that the numbers are kind of ballpark in the same range and also to verify that the business was in existence. Cause a lot of people are like setting up fake LLCs and pulling new EINs and they're applying for loans and, um, you know, just, oh, bil- man. yeah, bilking the system for hundreds of thousands of dollars at a time. So
2: if not, I,
0: I mean, they're going to catch it eventually. No, they're not. <laughs> um, just, I know. So, right? Uh, yeah, that sucks. Cool, man. Um, I added your the link to your um uh, your website there on the uh in the chat on on Facebook. And uh, is there somewhere else that we should send them? I don't know that we, that we have a landing page that's going to be made up for whenever we're uh, actually yeah. listening to the show on the podcast. Um, but uh, here, right now, what's what's the best way to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so best way to get in touch with me is just go book a call through our site. Just go click there. We're gonna put up. Um, we'll put up a custom landing page like, like, uh, like you alluded to, that kind of covers service business mastery podcast and us, and you'll have a unique link that way we'll be able to kind of better track like you know, where you're coming from. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just go to the site, just schedule a call through our main link there. You can also just reach me directly, uh, Josh at 7aaccelerator.com. We'll get you in touch with one of our, you know, one of our consultants. They'll, they'll do a pre-screen call with you just to better understand your business, get the high level numbers figured out. And then, you know, we'll be able to kind of tell you, Hey, this is reasonable. This isn't reasonable. Um, And then, you know, we can get started with our process. I mean, we, we work pretty straightforward. We're, we're here to basically help tell you all the things that the bank doesn't have time to tell you uh, the things the bank won't tell you. I have a lot of business acquisition deals and a lot of other deals for people where, you know, ethically the bank can't tell them directly to go do something or change something, but they can tell me, right. Because I'm the intermediary consultant. So, I can help tweak and soften up some of the language and sometimes the business plan or the projections. That way it'll be the most, you know, uh, palatable to the underwriting department and, and they'll, they'll, push it through without giving too much friction. Cause you know, I have seen deals get killed because one guy says one dumb thing on a call with an underwriter, right? The, the business is solid, the plan is solid, everything. Well, they say one dumb thing and
2: that nah,
1: can't go to that bank. Now we got to go to another bank, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really where we come in and is, is we, uh, we'll make sure that it's a, it's one smooth presentation. You get set up, and then, like I said, you get set up with the right bank to start because if you go to Chase Bank of America, these big banks, they couldn't give a shit less about a small business. Um, mm-hmm. And so really the, the big key is you got to work with the ones that, you know, know what you're doing. And Tersh, I know you, you and I have talked about possibly getting some money for your business. I mean, you're, you're experiencing the growing pains. You grew, what, 300% in one year? Yeah. And, you know, you can't keep up now. Um, th- that's the nice thing about the financing you know, bigger guy, smaller guy, doesn't matter to us. Like we have lenders that uh, will cater to your size, your geography, your industry and, and help you out. But yeah, Josh at 7aaccelerator.com uh, we'll have the link in the website below. If you, uh, if you want to just go click through that to go book a, book a call for us uh, with us. But yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to get to the spot where we're helping 500 business owners a month uh, get their SBA loans. And you know, we've got a, we've got a solid and rapidly growing team in the back end for us. And so um you know, hey, maybe maybe you'll be one of those five hundred for this month for us, right?
2: There you so go.
3: Reach out. Uh, reach out. Uh, my, my job. Do you have any other questions about that? No, know. this this was this oh, was okay. great info. I think it was really timely too, because especially with certain industries, the summer's kind of peak season for a lot of things and then it kinda of dips yeah. down towards so this is timely as far as getting the process started to getting your funds towards that time when you actually slow down. Yeah. yeah. And like I said,
1: if, if you just need some some growth capital of like 350k and below, those can get done in 30 days. I mean, don't hesitate to reach out and get that process started. A lot of people think it's really daunting because they've never been through it before. But that's also what we're here to help you with. Like, we're going to tell you what you need, what you don't need, what to worry about, what not to worry about. Because 90% of the stuff that people worry about going through the SBA process, like, you, you just don't need to, you don't need to waste your energy worrying about it because it doesn't matter. Right? So that's, cool. that's that's a lot of what the value is, where we're providing, too, is we're, we're helping people understand what are you know, the least common denominators to get this done as soon as possible. And what can you just, you know, poo and not worry about? So, so
0: what would you say uh, if we don't like need cash flow right now, uh, what would you say a, a magic number would be? uh to i mean would you go would you stay at like 349 to try and get it knocked out in 30 days or would you say
1: yeah no i i've actually advised some people to do that because they're like yeah we're growing you know there's not a super super urgent need for capital i'm like look you're going to get the guarantee fee waiver you're going to get three months of payments might as well take it now because you know you know you're going to need it you know six months down the road just pull it as general growth and working capital i mean the bank's not going to scrutinize too much I mean, you do have to provide a uh, a breakdown on use of funds you've got to give them kind of a a breakdown of like you know hey 100 grand is going to go to marketing 100 grand is going to go to new trucks and new equipment 150 grand and, you know the rest is going to go to whatever you got to give them a breakdown but i mean what i tell people and i, I think what we mentioned before is you know if you don't don't be like one of these other guys who called us after tommy's podcast i tripled in size and i i don't have enough money to go buy more vans and we have all the like that's the problem that a lot of people run into yeah so you sit here yeah I don't need it today okay well what if you land some huge huge accounts and like now they're sending you more volume that you can handle you don't have enough cash to float the payroll of doubling tripling your workforce you don't have enough cash on the hand to go buy all these trucks all this equipment all this inventory um, it's a good problem to have but wouldn't it be nice that if you had the money sitting there ready to go so that when it comes yeah you take it all down because otherwise what do you what are you left with Lost opportunity cost, you got to yep. turn down some of that business. How much would you, you know, how much are you foregoing by mm-hmm. not having that money available to execute on that business when it comes, you know, when it comes and lands in your lap? Right. So, that's, so that's if, what we, I
0: if, if you get the loan right now, though, it, will it hurt you if you say you want to acquire another business in here? No. Okay. No, so
1: I, we, we've got a good, it's a good question. You, we, we actually have a couple guys, it's exactly what they're doing. Um, it's like one guy. He's you know he wants to buy his dad out of the business. Uh, this is the guy we got from from Tommy's group. He wants to buy his dad out of the business, get another three hundred k growth capital for the company, um, and he's also looking at acquiring two of his competitors who are you know smaller than him, but would be great because he can pick up their teams, he can pick up their their footprint, and um, you know what I tell people is we'll, we'll help as far as structuring that and 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 putting it together for the bank, but. It really doesn't because at the end of the day, when you're buying another company, what are you buying with it? You're buying cash flow. So right. cash flow is going to be what floats the loan you borrow to buy the business, right? So it's, it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't hurt to, to pull out some extra capital now. And plus, more, more often than not, the, the bank would like to see um, you know how you're handling it, right? I mean, yeah. I have plenty of guys where like we're going for 350 right now just to get some growth capital in the door because they want to get it done quickly. Um, but they're like, yeah, I, I want to go borrow another million or two dollars to go buy out another company or a building or whatever down the road. And what I tell them is it's easier for that bank, that banker to go back to the credit people and say, Hey, let's give this guy more money. We gave him this loan a couple months ago. He's made four payments in time. Everything's good. It's a lot easier for them to go back for you to go back and ask for more money from someone who's already made the commitment, underwrote your business. They know who you are. It's a lot easier because you have that relationship with them. So it's a good question.
3: That's a great point.
0: Yeah. So how about a line of credit? I don't want to dive into this rabbit hole too much, but is this going to, would this essentially potentially replace a small line of credit that, that some people have, or if they don't have a line of credit currently, should they get a line of credit instead of doing something like this?
1: So the way SBA stuff works is you can do it through um, line of credit. They have what is called SBA express and They do lines of credit, but um, banks generally don't like doing them because it's like, well, let's just give you a permanent working capital. loan. We're just going to yeah. like, it's it's less work for them to manage uh, the interest rate is actually better for the business owner because it's actually lower the lines of credit are actually a little bit higher okay. it's just there's no point of, of going sba express with you know just getting a regular 7a um but what i would say is yeah i mean if you have a line of credit that you want to refinance into a permanent working capital um that's often something people do they they have you know a bunch of smaller lines of credit 25 grand from here 50k from here they're half tapped. the rates are higher and they just want to consolidate it, either from an administrative perspective and or from a rate perspective, right? Those rates are inevitably going to be higher than what are offered with SBA. So, you know, I encourage people to just always have as much capital available to your business as you can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, don't limit yourself at all.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. If you, you take like five different payments and then you combine it into one. Now you got one payment that's less than all five of them. And yep. it's, you know, win, it boosts,
1: yeah, it boosts your cash flow. saves you an interest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and we're seeing a lot of people do that. They're trying to basically refinance their fleets into one payment. Cause they're like, yeah, I'm tired of dealing with administration on 10, 20, 30, 50 truck mm-hmm. loans and, you know, every month loans and leases, let's just consolidate it into one payment. So yeah, I mean, just from the administrative hassle, as well as just, you know, rate and term, it's, it's more favorable.
3: Cool, man. Hey Josh, yeah. I got, hang on. I got yeah. one more question. Sorry. Right. Yeah. I have a sure, question. Have um, so people that have, are you finding that people are, that have applied or gotten EIDL funds are also applying for the 7A. And is there, is yes. something yes. they should really consider doing?
1: No, I I wouldn't say don't don't do it because you know at the end of the day EIDL technically even though they're much looser strings than the restrictions on PPP, um, you still have to, you know, you still have to um, abide by whatever stuff they set up. You can't buy a building with seven, you know, with EIDL. You can't buy out a partner. Um, the only thing I would say is you know, folks. That, got their eidl prior to going for 7a the bank is generally not going to be as generous on general working capital because that's one of the uses you can use for excuse me just hanging up this phone here um hold on
0: what if you haven't gotten approved right, sorry about that uh, what If you haven't gotten approved for your edil yet or you haven't like
2: <clears throat>
1: that, that's what we're doing so we're, we're basically setting it up because here's the thing like the eidl the, the SBA people, they're not looking at, hey, you already have 350K cash on hand from your SBA loan plus whatever you had before. You don't need this. They're like, hey, you applied, you had some economic injury. Here's a bunch of free money, right? And it's basically free money when you look at historical uh, inflation, or whatever, right? Um, so, what I encourage people is get your 7A prior to pulling your EIDL money. Because one, it's going to take a long time for the EIDL money to come through. You don't know when that's going to come through, if it's going to come through at all. In some cases, we're kind of getting up near the end of the year. Uh, I think as long as your application is before December 31st, you're good. But uh, it, it might be like that's the last day the disperse lumps. I, I think with how backlogged they are, they'll, they'll, that's not good the case. But um, yeah, so to, to that question, I, I, we, I, I've been seeing a lot of people doing it in conjunction with it. But the bank will be more generous with giving you that growth and working capital loan if you haven't received your EIDL money yet, because um, they'll, they'll count that EIDL money against it. Like, well, you're sitting on a bunch of extra cash. If you say you need 500, and you have half of that from an EIDL loan. Mm-hmm. Um, you. you know, we're only gonna give you 250 because you claim you need 500.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what i was wondering so what happens if uh so like you you went for the full five hundred thousand on the edil and you um you haven't they they've said that you're you're gonna get it but you haven't actually filled out any paperwork they haven't like none of that process has has finished yet they haven't come back with your tax stuff yet um are you still good to get it or at that point you've probably already gone too far
1: no, no, no. I mean, unless the money has been deposited into your bank account, it doesn't show up on a balance sheet. Like that's right. really what it comes out of. Unless you've signed that loan agreement and the money is in the bank, it doesn't come up in your balance sheet. And you don't have to tell the bank because you're you're not hiding anything. You just, they might ask, did you apply for EAL? Yeah, we apply, but we don't know if we're going to get that. Right. But yeah. mm-hmm. nobody, nobody really knows. I mean, they might right. run into money set aside for this, um, you know, but that that's, that's what I would say.
0: Cool. Man, I appreciate it. You've given us a ton of information. Anybody that has any questions in the comment section, uh, type in SBA. Um, We'll get you connected with Josh and team uh, and get you some ton more, a ton more information. Uh, Also, I put uh, Josh's uh, email address and a link to his website there in the show notes. Uh, If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to him. Uh, Josh, uh, my Josh, you got anything you want to? You want to close off on
1: that? We should just go by
3: last names. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think uh, like I, I kind of preluded before we added like six more questions at, at the end. Um, <laughs> I, this is is something that I think a lot of business owners should really, especially the home service industry. Home service industry is, I hate to say it's blown up, but I mean, it is all over the place. People record month, this record month, that record year, 300% over like equipment shortages imagine how having this working capital would have been to have this in let's say february oh, yeah. and you wanted to stock up on two hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment and your your competitors couldn't do that just imagine like imagine what that would have done for your business so always having this capital on hand i think is a huge benefit to your business
2: yeah 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 for sure
3: yeah
1: and, and and like tersh and i said you know you might be good right now, but the thing is, you got no idea what's coming down the pipeline. It's it's always better to get the application process going now. You're, you're not going to lose anything by applying now, getting the money a little bit earlier. I mean, they're going to pay the first three months of the loan for you. So if you get your loan now versus you get your, month, your loan later, you actually have to pay back less money, right? And they're yeah, raising fees. It's like there's there now is you know if 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 two years ago someone told you, hey. The world is going to shut down for a year, and then the government's going to pay you as a business owner to go borrow money to grow your bu- grow your company and hire more people. You, you laugh at them and ask them what they're smoking, but like here we are. Yep, you
2: know, yep. <laughs> you know? <100%. laughs>
0: hey, man. I, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thank yeah. you so much for spending time and sharing everything with with every uh, with our audience and being so willing to to answer questions and spend so much time with us. Um, like I said before, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Josh, his team. Uh, and thank you again for everybody that's listening to or watching this episode of the Service Business Mastery podcast. It is a podcast focused on service business owners, managers and technicians who are considering becoming business owners themselves. Our target with this show is to help answer some unasked questions, and I hope that we did that today. I know that I got some questions answered that I had no idea uh, were even anything, you know, Related to, to a question that I'm, I've had in the past. So I want to sh- huge shout out to Josh and his team for, for helping us out with that. And for Tommy uh, Mello, uh, if you've never checked out his podcast, make sure you check it out. He's a great dude, has some great guests on there. Um, with that being said, I hope you have a wonderful and safe week. And we we'll talk to you again next time. See you. Awesome. Thanks. What's up? So, one of the questions that I most often get from audience uh, members like yourself is, More information about how to learn more about running a business, just in general, the education side of things when it comes to the business world, the service business world. And I'm super excited to be able to share with you the opportunity to go uh, to this awesome event in Las Vegas. Uh, If you are ready to take your contracting business to the next level, you got to attend this event. It's called EGIA uh, Contractors University. It's their annual event. It's called Epic 2021 and uh, it's one of the most highly anticipated educational events of the year for home service industry. Uh, Epic 2021 will take place over October uh, 28th through 29th at Paris, Las Vegas. If you've never been, which I'm one of them, uh, then I'm super excited to go there. And I hear that it's, it's amazing. Uh, just this venue alone is really awesome. So um, the event is actually going to feature celebrity keynote speakers uh, such as Damon John of Shark Tank, John Taffer of Bar Rescue. I'm sure you've seen the show, at least for the previews of it, uh, so you know who these guys are. And then also Captain Sully Sullenberger. Uh, he's the airline pilot from The Miracle on the Hudson, which that was a really cool movie. Uh, if you haven't seen that, check it out. Uh, there'll be a breakout sessions that are delivered by legendary industry experts, access to best-in-class product and service providers, dynamic networking opportunities, and an unforgettable evening party. You can even come and hang out with us on Media Row as we record uh, Service Business Mastery Live. So if you have ever wanted to be on the show, ever want to watch, just come hang out and, and chill with us on Media Row. You can also get 50 bucks off uh, registration if you use the code TERSH50 at epic2021event.com. The coupon code is TERSH50 and it's spelled T-E-R-S-H at epic2021event.com. You definitely do not want to miss this event. I look forward to seeing you there.